You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 546. Yeah. It's when I think you should always do in any market. A lot of people think, hey, the market's so hot, I can't find anything on the MLS. You can find deals in the MLS always. Don't get me wrong. When the market is, is slow, it is easy. You can just you can shut everything else down and just pick up deals off the MLS and the auctions like we do. But when the market's hot, you never want to turn it off. It's always a good source. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Chris Arnold. Excited for you to join us today. I've got something interesting in store for you. You know, as long as I've been around with the tribe, I love to ask people, you know, what are you doing uh, as a strategy to generate motivated seller leads? I find that I hear 90% of the time these foundational five. I hear ringless voicemail, text blasting, cold calling, pay-per-click, and direct mail. And so I always like to, you know, bring somebody on that's going to give a strategy. I want you guys to be able to hear some of the other strategies that are out there. So maybe you can maybe maneuver in a direction in which you're not doing something that's, you know, saturated, got a lot of competition today. So if you're plugging in today, this is what you're going to get by the end of the show. I am interviewing a good buddy of mine, Paul Lazell. We just hung out in Florida last week and I started talking to Paul and he brought up two strategies on finding deals that I haven't really heard many people talk about. So if you stay tuned in today, by the end of this, we're going to break both of these strategies down, not just introduce you to them, but also kind of give you the nuts and bolts of how they're working. So let's get into the meet Paul Lazell. What's happening, buddy? Welcome to the show. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. It was great catching up with you last week, Phil. Yeah, man. So Paul's got a little interesting background. I want you to give us a snapshot. But this is somebody that has done deals from a virtual standpoint at a level most people have. And so tell everyone a little bit about your background, Paul, how long you've been in the game and about your business. Sure, absolutely. So I started real estate investing back in 2001, bought my first fix and flip. It was a HUD property back in Norristown. And I partnered with a guy we picked up for 29.5. We put about 4,000 into it and sold it for 69 about two months later. So did pretty good, 30K, split it up, 15K each. So I said, hey, this is pretty good here. Let me get into this fix and flip thing. So I started doing a bunch more into the 2008 financial crisis, doing great, got hammered then and decided to pivot and switch. So in 2009, I switched from the just almost exclusively fix and flip with an occasional wholesale to basically just almost all wholesale and occasional fix and flip. And I dabble with owner financing, which we could talk about later on too. But that model switch, and I went from more my local area, Pennsylvania. I'm from the Philadelphia market, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. To I started buying all over the country, and it was all bank-owned properties what I was buying. Buying a lot off HUD Home Store. Then I started buying on online auctions like Auction.com, HubZoo, um, Zoom, Hudson and Marshall. And before it was Zoom, it was something else. And that was just Nation Star Mortgage decided to create their own auction company because they were sick of selling everything through Auction.com and them not getting any revenue. So yeah, I switched that model and we bought in 44 out of 50 states over the years. And 
four out of 50 states. I hope you guys caught that. I think Paul, again, people say I'm a virtual wholesaler, right? That means they might work in a couple of areas. Like Paul is like, I think the purest virtual guy that I know that's out there. I mean, 44 out of 50 states is huge. I agree. I I totally agree with what you just said there too, because I know a bunch of other guys who with Apple, they'll do in two or three markets. I'm a virtual wholesaler. Well, you are a virtual wholesaler because you are virtually doing it, but open it up to the whole country. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So that's why you want to stay plugged in because Paul's doing something that's unique and truly pushing this. So let's jump in. Let's break down this first strategy. A strategy using something that everyone's aware of. But again, Paul, I like to talk about radio as, you know, the marketing channel everyone knows about, but no one's using. I'm going to say the same thing about the MLS. The multiple listing service is a resource, is a way to find deals that everyone knows about. But how many people do we know that are actually utilizing it to find deals? So let's break down your MLS strategy on how to find a deal. Step one is what? So step one is obviously pick the target markets you want to be in. And if you're newer, you want to start in your local area. So if you have access to the MLS or you know an agent, somebody in your family or friend that's an, that's an agent, have them start sending you listings. Now you're going to target certain things. What we target is bank REOs. And a lot of times we'll target 90 days or more days on a market. Now they're getting harder to find, right? Because of the way the market is. But you're going to target those items. You're going to target estate sales and then fixer-uppers. But you want to get into something that really needs a bit more work, for sure. And you're target them. We send them to our VA. Our VA then looks at the uh, properties, pulls comps on them, and then sends them us. We find out what our maximum allowable offer is. You know, We use all the formulas we use, and we start bidding off that. We send low-ball offers. We get you know yelled at and nasty emails at times from agents. But most of them come back and say, this just isn't going to work. Where they counter us, and we get them. We get quite a few. And the most that we get is estate sales and Yarios. Okay. Let me rephrase that just so we heard. So number one, bank REOs. Mm-hmm. Number two, estate sales. And number three, fixer-uppers. Now, if I'm in the MLS and I'm like, well, how do I target those? Break that down real simply. Is that keyword searches in the MLS? Yes. How do you target those? It's the keyword searches in the MLS. And they're going to pull it off the agent remarks or what's put in, the, in some of the major headings there. Because most agents will put in their fixer-upper or there's a checkbox you can put in there for fixer-upper and they can do that on their end, the agents can. And every MLS system is a little bit different, but for the majority of them, they have those options there. You're just doing a keyword search. So state sale, as is, you're looking for those types of things. You're really targeting specific ones and you want things that are aged. You can almost go to... 120 or 180 days in the market and also pull things off there. But what you'll find out a lot of times is those are properties that end up needing to be short sales because they're over leveraged, or you have people that are just unrealistic with their sales price. Okay. So you do a keyword search, you do the time frame. Say that time frame one more time again. How far back? So for like for a bank owned property, we target 90 days and, and greater as okay. far as days on the market. For ones that are non-bank owned, we'll target even more, 120 or, or more. And if you find things over 180 or 240, you got ones that you really want to go after. Okay. Any they other, may be motivated. Any other key criteria outside of the keyword search and the days? And again, of course, the market. Anything else that we need to understand? on No, that's pretty much it. Like I said, we have our target markets. So we'll hit certain counties. Um, We have probably about five counties that we target for each of these. And then we do this, of course, in San Antonio market too. And we'll target a couple in that area. And then in Tucson, Arizona, I have an agent that does all that for me. He just 
he does all the scrape, he does all the heavy lifting, and then just brings me the ones that say, This one's good, this one's good, this is not, you know, that type yeah, of thing. Absolutely. He only brings me stuff that's good. Yeah. Okay. So now I've got a list of properties that fall into those three categories the way I search. What's step number two after that? So once you get that, then you're looking at you just making the offers. And our VA writes the offers for us. We give the uh, proof of funds and everything. She emails them, CCs us on it. So then generally we'll get a response from that agent and then receive. Are you sending offers to everything that pops up on that list? Doesn't matter. Like that looks good. That matches our criteria, right? We'll go through three things that are like we'll see that's a train wreck. This property needs so much stuff, it's just gonna be really hard to do. Or it's in it's in an area where I'll try to avoid things that have like hills going into the house because you're always gonna have water issues and or you're on a main road, people don't like those things. So we'll avoid those. And that's like the visual look on it and seeing okay. pictures and things like that. Um, so we'll just X those off and uh, the rest of them we're making offers on. So yeah, we do a lot of blanket offers. Okay. And what percentages of the list that you pull do you feel like you end up putting offers on? Like about, 15, about 15 to 25% in general. 15 to 25% is so what is been. 25% yeah. fit that criteria. And that's yes. good for us to understand as we're listening, like how, what percent should I be sending out? Now, your VA sends blanket offers. Right. How does that VA determine the price at what that offer should be? Like what's that system there? So we do that. So that's me and my disposition manager. We get together with our numbers and then we send an email to her, tell her, we give all the property addresses and what the prices we want to offer on. And then she, ah, just, okay. she so fills everything in. You and your business partner, like sitting down, mm-hmm. you know, filtering through, figuring out the best 15 to 25%, right? Fits your yep. criteria. Then you're determining, hey, we should come in at this offer. So you're doing those on that 15 to right. 20%, send it over to the VA. And then the VA is submitting the offers for you. I got that yes. right? That's exactly right. Yeah. And it, so when we first started this, before the market got real hot, we were doing it, we were meeting about once every two weeks. Then we tried it once every week because these properties were going pending so quick. Now we're doing it like two, we have two meetings a week, pretty much like a Tuesday and a Thursday. We'll meet and go through the properties and quickly get the offers out there because otherwise we were losing out on so many just because the market's so hot. And how many offers do you feel like then you're roughly sending out a week or month? About 100 to 150 per month on average okay. is what we send out. And of that, what are the KPIs? of Out of every 100 offers you send, what's the KPI on contracts, deals, et cetera? What can you expect? Generally, about one. Really, that's what it's coming into. It's not, okay, not the so same one numbers as you get offers. with direct mail. Yeah, exactly. It's a lower but percentage, right? The cost to run the system, I'm sure, is not very that's high. Nothing. So you're running big profit margins yes. here. Exactly. This is where it changes everything because we're getting into, we don't have any marketing costs. The only time cost is the VA, right? But what she costs, she's $5 an hour. So it's not a whole lot of money. And plus we utilize her for other things. It's a lot cheaper than doing the pay-per-click. It's a lot cheaper than doing the direct mail and all these other sources. Okay. Absolutely. So once the offer submitted from the VA, what happens after that? What's the next, again, mass offers being sent out. Walk us through kind of the end of that system. What's it look like? So I'll give you a sample one. We just got under contract here. So it was one that was, it was marked at 90,000. It was an estate sale. We started offering it at 65 and we finally met at 73 as the purchase price on that one. So we went back and forth a couple of times with the agent. That was between emails between me and the agent going back and forth after the initial process was started. We locked it up and now we have people going looking at, at the lower 80s here. Okay. So how are you keeping up with all of these negotiations? Because this seems like a lot, 100 being sent out. 
You know, everyone's going to, again, an agent has to respond. So that means you're literally getting a hundred responses in. What is the system to make this efficient? So you're not just, you know, responding to offers all day long. That's a simple Excel spreadsheet. So when we get a response back and and they usually hit this all, and if they don't hit us all, I'll just forward it to um, the VA and they'll just mark on a spreadsheet. No, 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 no. Or, you know, pending it's under contract already, or they have higher offers and we let them know what our highest and best offer is. So it's pretty quick, believe it or not, it's pretty quick. And those offers come, we make that counter offer. We're getting at it usually within 24 hours. So it doesn't lag real uh, a long period of time. And we know right away, and especially in this market, whether it's going to be accepted or whether they're just going to take those other offers. Most of the time, they're going to take those other offers because they're generally homeowners, right? As compared to me who's coming in as an investor. Okay. So anything else with this system that we need to understand? It seems like it's Maybe about a four to five step process. Yes. Um, I like it. It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. But anything I didn't ask, it's like, oh, and you got to remember to do X if you want to run this system. No, but there's occasion, like you said, you can have some fall through the cracks where you don't get a quick response from the agent. So you just have to do your follow-ups. Just do a follow-up. If you didn't get a quick response from them, sometimes they're on vacation or sometimes they just are slow. So if you don't get a response within 24 hours, you just hit them with an email again, just a reminder and you give them the whole offer again. But usually I guess say 90 plus percent of the time, they're responding pretty quickly, almost immediately sometimes. So. so your goal then as a marketing channel is to do about one deal a month off of this? About one deal a month off this, yeah. Kind of that. And what's the average deal size off of a deal on the MLS? Again, We'll say that the average around the country is maybe around eight to 10,000 for a wholesale deal. Uh, again, you're in a lot of markets. Is this a channel that's producing a good solid deal or MLS it is. The margins tighter? So the margins are between seven and 12 so far on average on these, which is pretty solid. It's kind of your average cost per deal. And the way I look at it, I don't have any marketing costs. I know our only marketing cost might be if we are sending postcards out to resell to another investor, right? To basically wholesale the property. So we don't really have many marketing or costs in general. So the profitability is pretty good in this. It's just more time consuming, I guess, in some ways, but it's it's a quick, simple process. Yeah. It's one I think you should always do in any market. A lot of people think, hey, the market's so hot, I can't find anything on the MLS. You can find deals in the MLS always. Don't get me wrong. When a market is is slow, it is easy. You can just you can shut everything else down and just pick up deals off the MLS and the auctions like we do. But when the market's hot, you never want to turn it off. It's always a good source. I'm glad you said that. It, it works in season, out of season, works year after year, regardless of what's happening. Buyer's market, seller's market, it doesn't matter. Just stick with it. Wow. And you can do a lot with them. It gives you options too, Chris, from this perspective that you can pick up, especially when, it, when the market slows down a little you'll be able to pick up more deals subject to, right? Keeping existing financing in place, maybe keep some of these properties as rentals too. So that becomes a good option. I used to do more of that when the market was slow. And now it's just like they all went cash or they went a mortgage and they went out of it. Yeah. It's hard to do that subject to right now. Great strategy, man. Again, super simple. If you're listening and you're like, I don't have a lot of money to spend, but I've got time, you know, get access to the MLS and look at running a uh, process like this. But you know, what I love and what I hear you saying, Paul, is, you know, it's a great consistent process to produce one deal a month. And as I look at the overall system, you got a VA doing the work. I'm sure a lot of this you could outsource more and yeah. more. So, you know, I think it could become something that you build that's uh, a lot more hands-off if you wanted to push it that way. Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it's, it's easy to do hands-off. This is probably one of your better methods to do hands-off. 
Absolutely. Okay. So let's, let's go to number two. First one was good. Again, don't hear a lot of people talking about it. Number two marketing strategy that Paul wants to share with you guys today is online auctions, right? So what is an online auction? And again, let's start with like step one. How do I get this process going? So I'll give you first all the companies out there that we buy off of. Obviously, everybody knows of auction.com. That's one. Then you got zone.com, X-O-M-E. And then you got hudsonandmarshall.com. Very small outfit in comparison to the other ones. Then you got Hubzo, which is pretty large. You got Realty Bid, another smaller one, Auction Network. And of course, you got the HUD Home Store too. Unlike the online auction where I could bid on anything anywhere in the country, HUD Home Store is a little bit different. You do have to have a local agent representing you there. Okay. Um, but it's still a great source. I love the HUD Home Store. Buy them there. So. Okay. So it sounds like there's quite a few different websites to kind of get access to. Now, once you have access to those sites, what does this work? Are you getting updates sent to you? Or are you on there watching? Like, What's the process to actually pull a deal off one of these auction sites? So I've been buying from them for a really long period of time. So I get updated lists every week. I'll get weekly lists. And in Zone's case, they'll give you like three to four emails a week because they'll have different auctions coming up at different times. You know, Midwest auction, Southeast auction, Northeast auction, all that kind of stuff, Northwest. Um, so they break it down into different categories. Um, same as the other ones do too, but they just send more frequent emails. The process now, you've got to sign in and create an account on each of these. And auction.com, for instance, when you're bidding on a property, there could be five different auctions going on at one time. So you have a $2,500 deposit you have to leave with them to bid on these auctions, right? And I used to have... And they kind of got rid of it. They got rid of the VIP on auction.com, but they still have VIP on Hudson and Marshall and on Zoom. So I don't have to put deposits on those. But if you're just starting out, you're going to have to learn how to do that. You're going to have to put the deposit. They just put a hold on your credit card. They don't actually pull it. And then you can start bidding on these properties. And one of the best things to do when you're bidding, if you're looking in a certain area, there is most of these have an agent on them, a realtor. Contact that realtor, get some details on the property, you know, as far as what they think the as is value, what they think the after repair value is. Do they know what repairs need to be made on it? You get all your information there. Basically, you're taking notes, putting them in your spreadsheet, and then deciding what your maximum allowable offer is going to be based off that. And then when it comes up to auction, you're bidding them. Now, are you bidding through the agent that's representing that property? Or is this like a, I'm thinking like eBay, like timer, like going down, like how does this thing look like online? Just like that. So it's online. It's got the timer. You're bidding yourself. You create your own account and you're bidding. If you want to have an agent that represent you, you can do that. If you're an agent like myself, I'll use myself as the agent, but obviously in other states, you can't always get the commission. Generally, I try to, if I'm getting information from the listing agent, I try to make them the representative for me on a buy side because they're giving me info and I want them to get both sides of the commission. And I may utilize them to resell the property too. And then they'll get another commission on it on the backside if I go that route. Okay. And how often are you in this bidding type of war with all these different sites? Like, is an auction happen once a week on each site? Like, I'm trying to understand. Like, multiple times. Generally, auctions are Monday through uh, Thursday. Some will have and have some on Fridays and some will start on a Sunday. It depends on which site. They all have different things. They all, they're, they're generally two to three day auctions. As how far as how many properties then are you keeping up with? Because there's an auction on each separate property, right? It so what's the many thousands. to manage this thing? It used to be many thousands and I've since whittled it down. So what I do again, this goes to my VA. 
the auctions, they're broken down into categories, send them to her on Excel spreadsheet. She comes through, does pulls comps on them. And not on every single property, right? Because it could get really tedious. We, we're targeting certain markets and there are certain states we don't want to even bother with. Um, so she'll scrape them, do that, send an email back to me. The Excel's you know, on Google Docs or on Dropbox. And I just pulled up there, look at it. Like, all right, I'll bid on this one, this one, this one. I, there may be out of 200 uh, properties on an auction, I only bid on 25, right? It might be a small amount that I'm bidding on. In another auction, I may have 15. In another one, I may have 50. But generally, usually I'm bidding when the market's normal and it's not normal right now. The inventory is nowhere near where it was. I'd be bidding on 500 plus properties a week. That's not wow. happening right now. Wow. Yeah, that's so, not happening. Now. But how many right now would you say generally? Uh, right now, I'm probably bidding on 100 to 125 per week. Okay. Yeah, I really, and I'm whittling it down even more now. I'm really trying to be more specific because I'm worried about a market crash. So I really want to get the, the right type of properties. I'm going for low lying fruit. Okay. So, what is the numbers here? If the MLS is one out of 100 offers, what is the auction side? How many properties do you need to bid on to find a deal? Uh, that's way less. So you can do anywhere from like, generally, if I'm bidding on 25 properties, I'll get one deal out of that. So one okay. out of 25. Yeah. Wow. Of the one out of 25 that you're picking up, about how many deals per month are you trying to do off of auction, right? You're doing one a month off the MLS. So you're doing more volume off of the actual auction side. Way more. Yeah. I'm usually between five and 15 per month on the auctions. Wow. Been as high as 20 some in months. But generally, I'm in that range. And what we're doing is we target, again, the low-lying fruit. And we hit a lot of rural areas where investors don't go. So our competition is really low in those markets. A little longer for us to resell them, though, because there is less uh, buyers out there. But our margins are bigger. Our margins are bigger in those areas. Right now, it's working perfectly because everybody's leaving the cities, leaving these areas, and going to more rural areas. So Selling them is much easier now than it used to be. They're, they're actually going flying like this, like hotcake. They're flying off. So it's, it's been good. Yeah, that's great, man. The, the coronavirus is going to help us from that perspective. <laughs> and that's what I want to ask. Is this a strategy with everything that's going on in the current market that you're expecting this strategy come 2021 to be like right in front of a bunch of REO foreclosure auctions? Like, is there expected to be a spike oh, yeah. in all this? Huge, right? So um, you look at the financial crisis 2008. I think it was between 2006 and 2014, there were 10 million bank REOs. They're expecting four times that, up to 40 million from this. Not all one year, obviously, but during a probably another eight or 10-year period during that time. We could have four times the amount that we had the last time. And last time, I was swimming and finding them everywhere. I mean... It was so easy to pick up deals. I, I was turning down deals that I knew I could make money on because I was going for the ones that I could make more money on. So we're going to be getting there again. As soon as this moratorium lifts, right? And right now it's scheduled for the end of the year. Wouldn't surprise me one bit. They kick it down the road to the end of the first quarter of uh, 2021, like California did. So we got to keep an eye on that. But what it pertains to, when they do that, they're talking about FHA properties, you know, the HUD properties and um, government-backed mortgages. The foreclosures on non-government-backed can still go on. The moratorium is really only in the government-backed mortgages, which there are a lot of, obviously. Yeah, yeah. wow. It's going to be good it. next year. It's going to be good saying. next year. I love that you're sharing a strategy. And if you're listening, you should go, man, this is something I should consider. Are all marketing channels working You know, the same depending on the economy? Different? No. 
Right. There's years in which direct mail has been really strong. There's years, obviously, right, when pay-per-click's been really strong, depending on what was going on with bidding. You know, now you're looking and understanding that every 10 years, you know, we should roughly expect a drop in an economy. I was around, Paul, in 2008 when everything happened, and there was no question. I shifted my business to short sales. Oh, totally. You know? And so for those of you that are listening that haven't been in the game, listen to us, they're telling you is every 10 years, roughly, you're going to have an opportunity to jump on this bandwagon for a couple of years and pick up a lot of these deals. And Paul, I find that people don't because they have to shift strategy and learn how to do this. And so they get a little bit lazy about this. And again, we're not saying you're going to ride this wave for five years, but there's definitely a couple year period where you can ride this wave just like we did in 2008. And I did that with short sales and RS. And a short sale will be, I think short sales will end up coming back again, right? If you have enough of a drop in the value of properties, short sales become viable again. Basically, all you need is a 20% correction to make short sales become viable again. And we did a bunch of short sales back between 2006 and 2010. We did a bunch of them and we did really well with those short sales. And then those became more difficult. The banks made them harder to do. And then we just were buying bank REOs. We were doing also direct mail, a little bit of pay-per-click at that point too. But in 2013, I completely shut off the, the direct mail and, and the PPC and just stuck with this strategy. Just doing a bank own, just doing the MLS because I had enough inventory to get from for that. Now, if that needs to, I'll shift right back. It's not that hard to shift from one to the other, but you should always be looking. You may raise a great point. People get comfortable with things. And they don't want to shift things. We have to in business. If you want to stay in business, you need to. And what I do is each quarter, I look at what's working, what markets have worked well, and what markets are not as good. And I'll avoid those markets that sucked and the ones I'm doing really well, and I'll just focus on them. Right. And then you adjust again the next quarter and a quarter after that. You got to constantly, that's why quarterly uh, meetings are important just to look at that kind of thing. The most important one, though, is that mid year meeting because that the one in June where we're looking at basically we're looking at what's going to be like the rest of the year. What does the economy look like? What does the MLS look like? You know, what the, the auctions look like and where are people buying and selling the most? Yeah. So we're looking at everything. There's an old acronym, uh, crisis stands for circumstance requiring immediate shift in strategy. Yes. I don't know if you ever, it's, and it's true. So this is the time yeah. to consider shifting and getting out in front and uh, riding this wave. If you're looking for another marketing channel, so wrapping up real quickly, the online auction, any other point or any other rock that we need to turn over for the audience to understand this process? A good thing for them to know, obviously, for the direct mail, you're picking these things up with very little deposit down. So if you get into the other bank loans, they're $2,500 deposits, $3,000 deposits. You could have, if you're going for a three or $400,000 property, it's going to be generally 5% that they want down. So... The deposits are heavier. So that's why you got to make sure you're into a good deal. Make sure you know it's a good deal while you're bidding it. You don't want to get in there, bid it, and back out because it's not a great deal unless you find out something that you didn't know beforehand. So it's more capital intensive for that perspective. Also, the bank-owned properties, you must close them. You got to take them down. You can't, you can't assign these contracts. So you need to have either a private lender or cash, a line of credit, all any of these kind of things to be able to do it. It is more capital intensive, but it is less costly from a marketing perspective, because you're paying next to nothing for these properties as far as picking them up. It's your time that you're using, right? You're not paying marketing fees of... Like we used to pay about 10 grand a month and cutting that off was nice. I saved me 120 grand a year. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that was a big bonus. Cool. So 
Paul, if somebody's listening, they're like, man, this is really interesting. Everybody wants to know, if you provide any help, education, videos, where would people go to find Paul to learn a little bit more about these strategies, even particularly the you know online auction, because that one seems to be a little bit more sophisticated. How do, we, yeah. how do they find you? Right behind me, you see reoauctionacademy.com. Yeah. <laughs> That's where, we're, where we train students. And it's funny, most of our students come from California, believe it or not. And I think the reason that they come from California is because the market's so saturated, it's so expensive to buy properties that they're forced to buy virtually. And that's what we do. So we teach people how to buy on online auctions, on the MLS, how to train your VAs to, to scrub and do it, make it easier for you, how to sell on the back end, right? How to, how to market your properties and different methods that work good in different areas. So we teach them how to do that, REO Auction Academy. And also I have a podcast called Flipping Out. It's uh, www.thevirtualinvestor.co. And that's where the podcast is. And we talk about a lot of these different things, investing virtually and interviewing guys like Chris. I'll probably have you come on my podcast too. It's all kinds of different information on that. I even get into cryptocurrencies a little bit on that one because it's virtual investing. Cool. I love it. I love it. Well, Paul, man, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for kind of sharing with us in the audience. That's what I wanted to get you guys listening today. Just a couple more tools for you to potentially consider as a marketing channel. As you're thinking about 2021, you know, what do I want to do? Do I want to continue to cold call or direct mail or do I want to change it up? And so, you know, with the wholesaling community, we always want to be out there researching and finding you guys good value. And I got to tell you, after I talked to Paul in Florida, he opened up my eyes a little bit. And uh, I'm actually going to be talking to my team this week and just kind of saying, hey, have we thought about this, particularly what's happening with the ship in the market next year with the auction? Because it makes a lot of sense. It's pretty common sense as well. And as always, again, if you're looking for contrarian things to do, um, Radio Paul is something that we've been teaching on our side. Been super hot this year. We've sold out a ton of markets. And again, moving into 2021, we know that there is going to be fundamentally, I read a statistic watching Axios on HBO Max. It's a show. They were doing an interview and they said they should expect anywhere between 30 to 40 million evictions potentially mm -hmm. with Americans come January when the CDC removes the safety net. That is a lot of deals potentially coming through landlords. I want you guys to think about that. So looking at your direct mail campaigns, but I can tell you as well on the radio side, what a great way that we're going to be utilizing radio to be able to find deals is letting that word get out there to hundreds of thousands, millions of people utilizing radio. So something to really be thinking about. Paul's looking at it from an auction standpoint. I'm looking at it from the radio standpoint. So as always, uh, check out what we're doing. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio. Again, wholesalinginc.com forward slash REI radio, book a call, see if your market's open and uh, take a look at radio. And obviously talking with Paul today, take a look at his REO Auction Academy. Uh, might be a couple of great things for you to consider executing on this year. So Paul, thanks for coming on, buddy. Thanks for uh, giving us some contrarian guidance today. I always love this stuff. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. The opportunity is coming up in the next couple of years for real estate investors. That is for sure. I love it. And to the rest of you guys, thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, we will add more value and talk to you soon. 
That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.